I'm Arlene Bonham for Alex Pearson, and let's talk about the future. It was a very, very big weekend in the city of Toronto once again when it came to violence. And we've had about enough. Dealing with violence is not just something for Greater Toronto. Uh, today in Montreal, there was a commitment to adopt a handgun ban motion. And now they want a national ban as well. So dealing with unexpected violence is being thrust upon our country, really, in a new kind of a way. It is very poignant, very emotional, and really causing a great deal of concern in the city of Toronto. We know the van attack, we know the shooting on the Danforth, and over the weekend there were more violence, a young boy dying in a stabbing. And it is something that is becoming the new normal, unfortunately, in our city. A very deadly weekend. David Perry is joining me. He is the CEO, Investigative Solutions Network, Inc., a 28-year decorated career previously with the Toronto Police Service. David Perry, welcome. Thank you for joining me. It's nice to be with you. What do we make of a fact that after this weekend, the city of Toronto is looking to perhaps have nearly twice as many homicides as it had last year? That's something that really chokes you. Yeah, we're, we're facing a, a frightening pace in terms of the number of homicides, which is not always indicative of the total violent crime pattern that you see in our cities, but... Um, you know, when you look at, as you said, the overall picture of not just what happened over the weekend, but the pattern of violence that we've seen in Toronto over the last couple of years, uh, it, it's very concerning. It's concerning, but we've kind of been here before the summer of the gun. Even decades ago, we took a look at gangs and violence and what was happening in the city. And, and then they blamed it on the emergence of crack. What, what do you make of it? Is there a cause of this? Well, everybody's got an opinion on this, I guess, and and I don't mind telling you what mine is. But um, I think what we've seen, especially this year, and entering into the into the warm weather of the summer, was something that was quite predictable. There have been a number of things that have changed in uh, in recent years, and uh, I think the biggest part that's impacting our cities right now is is that the police have had so many. Um, of, of their tools and resources stripped away and they're unable to do the job the way they used to do it. And uh, the gangs have got a good foothold in, in this city and in the GTA and they're taking full advantage of it. And I think that's what's behind a lot of the violence that we're seeing right now. We've heard it before with people who have experience in the police force. So what you're saying, you think that things have, have become lax and people who want to commit crimes have figured it out. Yeah, I do. And, um, you know, when you when you look at what's happened in policing, and it's, it's not just unique to Toronto, but it's it's happened across North America. In terms of the police having the, you know, a lot of their powers stripped away, things that were fundamental to policing um, for for generations, for for decades, that have been taken away. And uh, and, and you know what, the gangs are are now operating with impunity. They, they know that the police can't stop them. They can't investigate them. You know, they certainly can't search them. They can't do all of the things that uh, they used to be able to do. So, you know, it's pretty simple what's going to happen. They're, they're just going to take full advantage, and they're they're carrying firearms, and they're dealing drugs, and they're doing it on, on a scale that's never been seen before. And 
we all know by watching what happens in other major cities that when that happens, you, you know, what falls in behind it is exactly what we're seeing. You know, an increase in violent crime, mm-hmm. uh, homicides, shootings, uh, stabbings, murders, everything that goes with that horrible cycle. And it, it's all happening here. And there's a lot of us that made this prediction um, back a couple of years ago when when they stopped, say, you know, integral parts of policing, like like street investigations and carting. I know it's a controversial subject. I know that it has its challenges uh, in our communities, but I got to tell you right now, this is one of the first ones to put my hand up and say, this is a real bad idea that we're going to stop the police from investigating, from gathering intelligence, from doing their, their fundamental role in keeping communities safe. The only other answer is what we're seeing now, a degradation of our, you know, our communities and our neighborhoods and safety and the gangs are moving in and taking over. So, I think people have to give this a, a good hard look, and there has to be some very serious and open conversation. All right. I and, want to ask you, as I said, it's happened before. How did it go away? Remember the focus after the summer of the gun? And then, you know, there was a lot of changes. They talked about having police forces on, you know, uh, officers walking the beat, all those things. Is it just the strength of the police force? Well, you know, this everybody goes back to the summer of the gun, and mm-hmm. you know we do see trends in in uh, crime, and you know we see spikes. Things will happen and make it look like uh, you know we're we're heading in a really horrible direction. And I think that was the summer of the gun that you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And I think that we had the ability back then to do all kinds of things, and including increasing our enforcement initiatives and and getting things managed before they got too far out of control. But um, you know what? I, I think we've gone too far this time. I, I really, truly believe that uh, things are getting to the point now where it's going to be very hard to reverse this trend. Why? And, Why is it going to be hard to reverse it? We have a premier who has vowed to fix the new policing laws and is moving forward. Why do you think it can't be done? Well, I do like hearing what uh, our new premier has to say and have a lot of respect for the guy. Um uh, but it's it's not just about talk and it's not just about politics. It's it's about action. And I personally believe, because I've been there, mm-hmm. that one of the ways that we curb the violence is with resources and enforcement. And it's something that a lot of politicians, and I'm not talking about our premier, but a lot of politicians in the past and even some police leaders in the past keep beating that same drum that, you know, additional police officers is not the answer to curbing violence. And, you know, when they say that, I just shake my head and wonder where they're getting that from, because it's been proven in in years gone by that resources, additional policemen and good enforcement strategies that are launched with good communication strategies to make the public understand what the police are doing is, is actually the absolute right thing to do to curb violence and to get gangs and other criminal activities under control. And and they've taken that away. I don't think we're ever going to see it back. I don't think somebody's going to change their mind and one day say, you know what, we made a mistake. We should allow the police officers to do street investigations and do carding. I think that's something that has, has a ship that sailed, and I don't think we're ever going to see that back again. And I think that's going to have that same impact on law enforcement and therefore in our communities that we're, we're here talking about right now. All right, David, you know, every time this comes up, the only positive quick reversal that I can think of is what happened in New York City, the broken windows 
theory. It's a great example. And, it, you know, it was, we all, I remember going to New York, loving it, but being terrified. And then slowly, every time you went, all of a sudden you could walk in areas you couldn't. But it was tough stuff. I mean, there were people, if you just even looked like you might commit a crime, you were gone. It, you know, they wanted no cars with broken windows because it gave people permission. How much is the psychology, do you think, behind it? And do you know of any other turnaround other than New York and any other way that they've done it? Well, New York is the biggest and broadest example, and it's a really good one. I'm glad you brought it up. And I'm not I'm not saying that we're there yet, that we have to adopt a policy that is that strict. But you know what, if we want to get real about crime and we want to start uh, stemming the tide of violence that we're seeing, we have to do some things that are similar. We need more resources. I think we need an awful lot more police officers than we do in the city of Toronto. One of the biggest secrets that, uh, or at least debates that there is going on in the city is that uh, people think, you know, for example, all we've heard about these 200 police officers being added to the Toronto Police Service is somehow going to help. Well, in reality, uh, when I joined back in the 1970s, there are less police officers today with a much larger, much more vibrant and complex city. And and obviously with guns and gangs that we didn't have back in the 70s, and we have fewer police officers on the street to deal with that. And that's just simple math to me. It just doesn't make sense whatsoever. And and those are some of the fundamental things that need to be done. People have to realize that law enforcement is called law enforcement for a reason. Enforcement is a very big part of the role of keeping our community safe. And, and the reality is the police have to focus on high crime areas, and they have to go in there on mass. They have to enforce the law, and and they're there not targeting cultures or individuals, but a problem. And if the problems exist in a community, and, and you're the, the nice thing is, is we're starting to hear from these communities. They're begging for the police to come in and do something, and that's who we should be listening to. We should be listening to the good people in our neighborhoods and our cities. And if they're saying we have a problem and we need the police, then we should respond. We should be sending the police in there to do their job. What can the police do? You, you, we know that it was controversial, the carding. I mean, is there any other way for the police to approach this? And what do the, the, the input from the police department, how does it matter right now? Well, the, the police are the community and the community are the police and they have to work together. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I think right now, if if there was ever a time, and especially in the city of Toronto, but in other areas throughout the GTA and throughout Canada, it, it's it's a time to start focusing on what it is the community wants as a whole. And if if you know our murder rates are, are rising, and if neighborhoods are truly becoming unsafe, and I believe they are, there are places in the city of Toronto where uh, you just don't want to go, especially at night, and there, you know problem areas that have been identified that need to be cleaned up, then that's what the the community should be asking for, and that's what the police should be doing. All right, David, I just want to ask you very quickly, we're almost out of time. I remember when there was a focus, guns and gangs, people were getting shot in clubs in downtown Toronto. It was national news. We'd never seen it before. Here they were in nightclubs, and then it got better. What led to that improvement? Well, there was some some direct enforcement initiatives, mm-hmm. and uh, the police did have the ability to do that back then. We had, and it was tabbing. the presence of the police around there too. All of a sudden, I mean, things weren't empty around there anymore. You knew that there were police. Exactly. They even went in the clubs. Exactly, and and you know, I got to tell you, there's there's a lot of people that talk mm-hmm. about Tavis like it was this big 
bad rogue gang of police officers going into neighbors and terrorizing. They, they, they weren't terrorizing, they were enforcing. And the only right. people that really should have been concerned about it were people that were dealing drugs and participating in gang activity and, and carrying guns. It, All right. They were there to protect the community. And David Perry, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. You have a great evening. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, David Perry is the CEO of Investigative Solutions Network, Inc. He 28 years with the Toronto Police Force. I'm Arlene Bynum for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto.